Inside the 18, I'm Michael Majid, live at our new studio here in lovely Santa Monica, California. Back with us is ex-MLS goalkeeper Patrick McLean. What's up, everybody? He's going to be a movie star soon, so uh, <laughs> that, that's why he was not here for Champions League day one. And uh, so Saskia Weber filled in for him, and uh, we had an absolutely fantastic time breaking down those games. Today we're going to be going down... Uh, the second day of Champions League. And because of that, we're like, you know what? We need another champion here. So we brought LA Galaxy goalkeeper Justin Vom Stieg with us too. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Dude, this is awesome. This is uh, very different than... Uh, you were on, like I think, like one of the first episodes we ever did for Inside the 18. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Uh, and it was a completely different type of setup. And uh, and Justin came in here and he's like, oh, okay, I think four people might listen to this thing. So <laughs> it's kind of grown since then. Uh, yeah, so a little bit. Yeah, we're stoked, dude, that you're... And you're still here you're still in the area and uh you're killing it uh, you had a great season with g2 it seems like so uh yeah man this is going to be a lot of fun uh first off i want to let everybody know out there um keep sending in those reviews keep sending in the reviews they're absolutely been phenomenal all the insiders out there that have been doing that uh, i think we're up to i think it's like 110 reviews in the united states right now 130 uh internationally so that's uh, Justin, you went to college. What What is that? 240? Uh, don't ask me. I was okay. there for about uh, two months. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of reviews, and uh, we appreciate it. By the way, guys, for anybody out there who's wondering where your Roughneck Scarf is, uh, please put your Instagram handle or Twitter handle in the review. Uh, otherwise, I have no idea where to send this. Like, It'll just be like, like Firefly98, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what country that is. Is that I, an address? Yeah, yeah, that could be that could be an address. It's on <laughs> Mars. That's the way that's working. And uh, but honestly, please do that, guys, because we really want to send you these scarves, uh, courtesy of RoughneckScarves.com. That's right, www.RoughneckScarves.com. Uh, they have the inside the 18 media scarf, but they also are the official supplier of the NHL, Major League Soccer, the NCAA, and the U.S. Men's National Team and Women's National Team. Maybe I should have led with the soccer stuff first, as opposed to the NHL. I'm like official supplier of the NHL, and everyone's like, "This is this is this is a soccer podcast." <laughs> Wait a second, right? am I on the yeah. <laughs> the right station? That's like when, dude, one one time we were uh, doing this, and we just started talking basketball for like five minutes, and I'm like, "Oh, we should probably go back to to soccer goalkeeping before people are like." I mean, to be fair, a lot of the people who at least are here in the United States probably understand the references we were making. That's true. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. That, yeah, that's actually very true. Um, so anyway, guys, uh, again, those are wonderful scarves. You can also purchase them yourselves online. Uh, the link will be in the show notes, and uh, you can also DM us, and we can tell you how to get that. Uh, also, last thing before we actually get to this episode, because Justin's like, dude, why am I here? I'm going <laughs> to I'm being here this to get, listen commercial. to ads. This is actually a commercial. <laughs> United Soccer Coaches National Convention. We're going to be in Baltimore January 14th to the 19th. We want to meet as many insiders there as possible. We're going to maybe try to set up a meet and greet, an official meet and greet with you guys cool. out there, but we're going to be doing content as well too. If you want us to do a clinic or a live show for you guys at your club or your school while we're there, hit us up, even if you're in the nearby area, because we can do this thing called rent a car yeah. and we can probably go there and, and take care of that. So uh, also for any coaches out there, young coaches out there, honestly, it's worth going to the convention if you're anywhere near Baltimore. Uh, UnitedSoccerCoaches.org, January 14th to the 19th. Uh, all right, guys, let's actually get into the actual games here. Um, you watched a little bit of Champions League yesterday, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it's been absolutely crazy. The first day was insane with some of the saves that we were talking about uh with Saskia yesterday um it was absolutely crazy especially like that Liverpool gank game uh I want to start off number one here with the game that everyone's been talking about because everyone's talking about their number one goalkeeper in the world right now and that is of course Kyle Walker Kyle Walker is now the top goalkeeper in the entire world uh the Manchester City defender had to step in uh but first I want to start off with the actual game because people are first off this is a, this is just was a crazy game, just in in regards to just everything that happened. Um, Ederson was taken off at halftime for the injury, so Blood, Claudio Bravo had to come in. Uh, and let's uh, let's kind of get into this game right here. I'm just gonna pull this up right here. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, good. Now we just get the logo right here. <laughs> this is a good way to start about it. Uh, dun, 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 dun. All right. Uh, it's awesome that the first the the picture shown on our highlights here yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's great. So basically, what happens here was so what what I want to do here. Oh nope, that's the wrong episode here. 
Uh, so this is going well. Okay, uh, so on the Mara's shot versically, we're going to talk about Luigi Golini first, uh, the goalkeeper for Atalanta. Uh, Jesus is in a double team at the top of the box. He plays a little layoff to Mara's, then Mara's cuts inside and beats a defender for separation and hits a shot. It's not the greatest shot, but Galina saves it. I personally think the hand shape was a little stiff and not enough containment, uh, but the Atlanta players cleared it, and he played it into good shape. Uh, let's check this out. Do you guys think this was a mishandle or a or a solid parry? So here, here it comes right here. Boom. The separation, the shot, and then that spill right there. Boom. So let's uh, let's watch this in slow motion here again here. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, yeah, it is. For me, this isn't a spill at all. Like, this is this is an intentional attempt to push this around the post. I mean, does he get it quite around the post? Not really. But this is far enough away where you're not going to be able to take this clean. And if you do, you maybe spill it in a worse spot. So it seems to me like he made a decision early and stuck with that decision. Yeah. Um, Justin, any yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, the ball's hit with plenty of pace, so it's, it's a tough one to hold on to. But... I think he does a good job pushing it at an angle, like Pat said, where it'll be really difficult for uh, any incoming player to finish it, and uh, his defender's right there to clear the danger. Okay, so. so let's look at it from the close-up angle right here, because look at the hand shape here. So you think that was a d intentional right there. By the way, yeah. I love how everybody who's listening to this is like, what are you pointing at? Yes. We have no idea. So if you could explain his hand shape, I mean, his hand shape is suggesting that he has no inch. No interest whatsoever in catching this ball. Okay. And to me, it's like, I think that's the right choice here because maybe you put yourself in a worse position if you if you do try to handle this clean. Okay. Yeah. Justin, do you think this yeah, is the same thing? Yeah, if he was trying to catch it, you would see his bottom hand curl around the ball a little bit more trying okay. to contain it to hold the ball. But as you see, he has a flat palm, which is typically – uh, used for parrying the ball wide. Okay. So, yeah, as you can see, he's trying to push it. I think he wanted to push it a little bit further yeah. away from the goal, but he doesn't quite get it there, but he does enough to to keep the ball uh, out of the net. So. To me, so you think he was trying to redirect that ball, yeah, and he just exactly. didn't get enough on it, yeah. basically. Okay. To me, this is actually a great save because so many times you see uh, a goalkeeper cheat a little bit here, and he he finds the right spot. He stays balanced, and if you see his actual position in the goal – He's a little bit closer to the line than you typically see on a lot of goalkeepers in this situation. And that allows him that little extra time to not only make the decision of where he's going to parry it, but to actually get to this ball in general. And is it the best shot? No, it's not the best shot. He doesn't bury it in the corner by any means, but he puts himself in the best position to make this save and to make a play and to help his team. So, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of things and a lot of young goalkeeper coaches, I want you guys to hear this out there because uh, we, we talked about this with, with, with some different uh, players and they say, you know, we hear we're always getting criticized. We're always getting criticized. And sometimes young goalkeeper coaches have a tendency to over-criticize when they don't need to uh, because the ball was kept out of the net. Um, it was spilled into a clean enough space that his defense was able to clear the ball type of a thing, you know, why are you going to berate him for that, you know? And I'm sure, Justin, in, you, in your youth career, you probably had that situation where coaches would be like, oh, you know, you should have been able, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, man, come on, I at least kept it out of the net, right? Yeah, I think it's always – I think there needs to be a healthy balance, especially with young goalkeepers as you're, as you're trying to improve your confidence. There needs to be lots of positive reinforcement along with the corrections. A lot of times I think goalkeeper coaches get stuck on, oh, it needs to be perfect, it needs to be perfect. And it's a very difficult position. It's never going to be perfect. And if you're striving for something that's impossible, you're always going to be unhappy with your performance. And that negative mindset can lead to actually more mistakes. So yeah. I think it's really important to, to be constantly positive and then always add, you know, maybe, oh, tweak this, tweak that. But being positive is one of the most important yeah. important parts of coaching so any goalkeeper coach working with justin from in the future from now on just be positive every <laughs> single time. i mean to be there. honest like uh, especially as you get into the higher levels that positivity and that positive reinforcement can go a long way because i mean a lot of the guys that are already there guys and girls have the ability to to be at a certain level and so if you push their confidence that ability i i feel can only go up and I think the people that are that are overly critical um, actually end up hurting their goalkeepers more than they end up helping them. And and 
consequently their team as well. That's a really good point. And we're going to actually get a listener question from somebody in, in a future episode that uh, we may or may not be doing right after this episode right now, uh, talking about, you know, um, keeping it fun and, you know, people being overly critical of goalkeepers and them, you know, losing the interest in, this, in the sport. Um, but what I want to do right now is, again, like I was saying, Ederson got a thigh injury, so Claudio Bravo had to come in for Man City. Claudio Bravo, obviously an accomplished goalkeeper, so there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Amazing goalkeeper. But this is when things started getting crazy. And this is in the 81st minute uh, that I want to <laughs> flash forward to here. Uh, dun, 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 dun. And we're almost there. And I'll have to find a better way to do this. This may not be the best way to do it. Yeah, in the future, we could probably have like all the different yeah. ones set up. Yeah, that's probably what I should probably do. From a, a Actually, I should probably should just do it from Y Scout is the way I should do it. Okay. So, so here's how, so here's uh, where it's coming in from. Uh, Right after this play right here. Okay, so here, as we can see, basically what happens here, okay, is simply Gunyagin loses the ball at midfield, okay? Alejandro Gomez plays a through ball between two city players to Joseph Ilicic. Claudio Bravo comes out of his box and goes full momentum, two feet, catches the player, and no ball, so it's a red card. Kyle Walker then has to come into the game as the goalkeeper. Um, this is... This is my this, this is my favorite. Thing. Oh yeah, this is amazing though. <laughs> so here, so here, Kunyukin loses the ball. Ball played into Ilicic. Bravo out. Boom. Oh. Done. You think that's just a missed time right there? Uh, and then there's there's that red card coming. I mean, I guess legally, yes, it's a red card. Yeah, let's break this down because okay. I think this this happens a lot. I mean, yeah. he's not. I don't. What is he doing? Like Dude, he's not getting to. He's this. not going to get to that ball. <laughs> yeah. Like you think that was just ambitious? I, on I his think part? It, I think it was a poor decision. I think he I think he anticipated the ball being slipped uh, into space and then playing it off his touch, but the ball's played directly onto the the striker's foot, and uh, at that point. You have, you have no chance of you're, you don't want to be stuck outside the box 1v1 not being able to use your hands. And uh, I think the tackle is just a last-ditch result of him putting himself in a really poor situation. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I've been in this situation yeah, before. Yeah. 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 Like, and I, I know it as I'm sprinting out of my box. I'm like, dude, I, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I have <laughs> no idea what I'm doing here, and this is not going to go well. Yeah. I'm like, this, this was bad. This was bad. <laughs> because I'm like, do I tackle him like a field player here? What do I do? I try to try to mark him, you know? And I, I, I mean, honestly, in this at this stage in the game – your your team is look at this your team is winning so Leg you should probably too. get him like if i mean honestly if if you really want to break it down to can my team hold on for another 9 minutes without you know a full squad a, t a team like man city probably can yeah. so i as as you know as terrible as it sounds like he didn't score. No, so that's true. You're actually, I mean, you are, you are right about that. <laughs> and but I, now he's got to miss the next Champions League, even though he's not the number one, yeah, obviously. But. So I've, I've actually, I've been in this situation, right, where I knew there was no chance that I was going to get the ball or I was going to be able to make a clean play. And I chose to take myself out of the game, essentially, because of what was on the line. And I think, I think there's something to be said about this. And if that was his actual intention, like, oh, if this thought process actually went through his head at this time, I think that's brilliant. But at the same time, probably shouldn't be coming for this ball. <laughs> I mean, you, you, have a, you have two defenders that are in the vicinity who can probably at least make it semi-predictable for you. And hold your line. It's a lot harder to beat you in the goal than it is in open field. I yeah. mean, we're goalkeepers. Not only that, but he's not even in position. Like, no. he's sprinting out. And Ilicic is literally directly online with goal. This is a straight-up bum rush. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and Bravo's on the side, and he literally just goes down. And he goes leg up, too, which is, I think, I think that's why he got caught there is because he went leg up. You see that? Leg up. Yeah. And the touch right there. I think if he's kept his leg down, maybe, maybe they don't call that a red card. I mean, honestly, he doesn't even – it doesn't look like he really tries to clear, <laughs> clean him out, yeah. which – might have been, may or may not have been my first. Oh, would you have just, could you have just gone? <laughs> See, okay, now here, right here, I got two pros right here with me. And, uh, you know, they're giving the dark arts right here uh, to me, a, a nice little crash course. So you young goalkeepers out there listening, uh, just forget that you heard any of that right yeah, there. Yeah, guys, whatsoever. we don't, we, it's, it's not necessarily the right message. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do not intentionally hurt anybody. That's not what we're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, but we are trying to 
draw attention to the fact that sometimes these choices need to be made that will ultimately benefit your team and not necessarily you. I mean, yeah, Claudio probably wanted to play the next Champions League game if Ederson can't be in, but he had to make a sacrifice here. So now this is okay. No, go if ahead, I could Justin. just add, yeah, yeah if I could dude, just add one sure. thing about uh, Bravo's decision making. I think that we have this like in this new generation of like sweeper keepers. We have this emphasis on the goalkeeper to like truly try to do all these extra things. And I think sometimes they get caught as goalkeepers. We get caught trying to do too much and not trusting our defenders enough. And like on that situation, I think it's best to just let the defender deal with it. Yeah. You stay in the goal, let him do his job, you do yours. And I think that's the best solution. And I think. Bravo got stuck in this mindset where he's like, oh, I need to do extra. Also, coming in as a substitute, you're the second goalkeeper. Sometimes yeah. you're coming in as a goalkeeper thinking, I need to do something. I need to make a big play. And when you have that mindset as a goalkeeper, you tend to make more mistakes. Yeah. And for anybody who is a second string or a backup looking to play, when you come into a match, it's best just do your job, focus on what you know. Don't try to get crazy because situations like that might come up and that's that's not a good spot he put himself yeah. in. Yeah, Justin makes an awesome point here. And uh, I want to make an analogy of keeping your glass empty. Like if there's nothing in your glass when you're going into these moments, if you have no expectations of what is going to happen and what you need to do outside of help your team, and expect that things aren't going to go exactly how you predict they're, they're going to go. And you have to make the necessary adjustments because that's what you train your entire life to do in these situations. And just don't have any preconceived notions of what's supposed to happen. And if, as long as you approach situations like that, and that, that was very difficult for me personally, is because I always wanted to affect the game in a positive manner. But if you put too much emphasis on it, it can actually hinder your performance. I mean, I think you guys are both bringing up really good points. I love what you're saying in regards to don't trying to do too much because I think that was personally one of my issues because big shocker, guys, as a five, <laughs> eight and a quarter goalkeeper, I spent a lot of time as a number two uh, <laughs> option and uh, I would come into games and I and I think a lot of it is also ego and stuff like that and I'd have to prove like just because I'm small that, you know, I can, I can make the same plays as the, yeah. as the number one and like I should be getting shots and I should be getting reps and stuff like that. And as a lot, I think, you know, a lot of, you know, pro goalkeepers and, and Patrick, you, you know, you've said as well, too, is that you don't earn your you don't. That's not how you become the number one. You're not going to make your number one by, you know, a 20 minute cameo when the guy gets injured um, <laughs> by trying to overexert yourself and do things that are out of your comfort zone. Like the whole reason that you're there, you know, at least for myself personally, as a as a veteran backup um, is because they know that I'm at least going to get the job done to the point where the team is, is not going to it's not going to be a disaster type of a thing. It Sorry. Yeah. Um, and you see the guys who are actually successful as being number twos and uh, eventually being given that chance at a number one position are those guys that don't try to do too much, that let let things develop and let their team do their jobs. Like those are the guys that actually end up getting the shots. I mean, if you, if you really break it down and look at it, um, you know, those are ultimately the guys that seem to become successful. So let's uh, let's speak about uh, not trying to do too much. Kyle Walker now, Man City's defender. By the way, so they talked to Man City's goalkeeper coach, and literally they asked him who should go in the goal. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like all the field players like are, are, are like on the field, and like he's like, who should go in the goal? He's like, oh, I don't know. That guy's fast. Put that guy <laughs> in. Like, and basically he said that he chose. They chose Kyle Walker because of his bravery. I think personally, it's one of those things. It's almost like a PK situation. Like, who wants to do this? Who's willing to do it? Yeah. You know. Um, and honestly, for a non-goalkeeper at the Champions League level, it wasn't a bad save. Uh, Listen, every every team has an unspoken like number three game day goalkeeper, number seven goalkeeper. Like, we'll call them like number five on the actual depth chart. But yeah, they're like. There's always that one non-spoken guy. Yeah. And for me at Chivas, my first year, I, I remember it was, uh, oh, man, Moreno. Oh, Alejandro Moreno? Yeah, Alejandro Moreno. That's <laughs> this, crazy. This guy, this guy was like. Vamos, Venezuela. This guy. guy was unbelievable in that, right? Like, <laughs> which consequently meant. He expected the world out of every goalkeeper that he played with. Dude, that we, not, we need to have Ali on the show now. Dude. I didn't even know that. I had no idea. Look at the things I learn on this yeah, show. Yeah, he's pretty big time now, so I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, he is. <laughs> 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 hmm. 
What are you saying? Are you saying our makeshift studio no. here in a house in Santa Monica is not big time? I should say, I, I would think he should be so lucky. Exactly. I mean, it's a big upgrade us. from the place I went to last time. Oh, dude. So the first, the first <laughs> place that, uh, the first place that Justin went to was a, a network studio for podcasts. And like, they didn't know anything about soccer or sports or anything like that. <laughs> and it was literally like, I think when you came in, it was like Fox news was playing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like yeah. CNN, it was just, yeah. it was so awkward. And like the, the engineer guy behind, he's like, just wants to talk politics the whole time i'm like i don't want to <laughs> really don't want to get into this in any way whatsoever right now with you um all right let's let's break down this uh this save actually from kyle walker yeah um so what happens is uh uh Mel- i'm gonna mispronounce this malanaviski malan malan nala not gonna work here anymore uh <laughs> that's a that's a that's a reference that nobody here is gonna get uh office space uh okay so basically he hits a shot low through the wall between a split wall, Walker actually does decent based on the pace and his experience level, honestly. The shot dips, he keeps his body behind the ball, and he doesn't spill it too bad. I mean, honestly, considering he's not a goalkeeper, I'm actually kind of cool with it because maybe if he had gone for that front smother here, it, it goes right through him. Um, by the way, I, I was just hoping he was going to wear a bib, you know, like, <laughs> like ASO style, like put think, on a bib. <laughs> I don't think Man City does that. <laughs> they, don't do me, they don't do bibs. Uh, so let's, let's watch this real quick. So here it comes. Keeps his body behind it. I mean, dude, that's honestly for a field player, that's not bad. That's great no, goalkeeping. You would think that he would uh he would kind of clear that with his feet or something like that. Like that's what I would expect. And uh, let's just look at that one more time. Um, as, and then he holds on to it. You see that? He's even holding on to the ball like a like a big time, like a big time keeper right here. So as that ball kind of comes in uh, on the split of the wall. Uh, by the way, I'm not crazy about split walls myself personally, but you know, I think it's interesting. So dead. So there, so he keeps his body shape behind the ball. That's all you can really kind of ask for right there. Um, I, I love how, I love how the, the player for, uh, Adelante just decides to just hit it hard and low on goal. doesn't really try to elevate it. Just like hoping it goes through his legs or something. So <laughs> I give uh, Walker credit to yeah. stay behind it. Cause that's actually a smart play. You know, you have some field player coming in who's probably never played keeper in his life. Just put it hard and low on goal, see what happens. And uh, Walker was up for the up for the challenge. So I mean, the ball had pace. The <laughs> ball had pace yeah, it on did. it, and and he kept his body behind it. I mean, obviously, look, he's he's a professional playing for Manchester City. It's not like you know this is some some men's league you know field player <laughs> that just went in the goal type of a situation. But uh, I I think I, I what I want to say is that. You're right. The, f- the free kick, that's a really good point. If he had tried to place the ball, maybe it's off frame. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know what? This dude clearly, <laughs> I mean, he's probably just going to bobble it. So, yeah. you know, so that, that's not a bad play. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on to the, the next games right here. Um, I, I think this uh, this next game uh, was pretty awesome. Um, it was a Bayer Leverkusen, Atletico Madrid. I think it was kind of the game of the day, to be honest with you, for me. I know you'd say the Mad- that Madrid game of, like, 6 nothing that you watched, uh, Justin. I know that you'd say that that was the... Uh, <laughs> wasn't too competitive. <laughs> no, that wasn't the most competitive. <laughs> sounds sounds um, a little one-sided. Uh, yeah. So, basically, what uh, what happened here is a 2-1 result, um, which is crazy because Atletico's only conceded three times in 10 games prior to this. So, th- that's kind of a big deal that Leverkusen was able to do that. Uh, Lucas uh, Radetzky for Bayer Leverkusen, he was unreal. He had seven saves. Um, but Oblak was, was class as always. Um, I want to start with, uh, with Oblak. Basically what happened is, uh, in the 20th minute, Kevin Voland left footed shot from center of the box. It's saved right in the goal. Amiri dribbles down the wing wide, gets past one Atletico defender. It's a simple square ball to Voland. He hits it one time and Oblak, dude, the thing about Oblak is that he, he requires so little movement to make his saves. Everything looks so effortless and and, and and because of that, it, I, I just think that's why he's so world class. It's like he, you you think it's easy, but then if you actually break it down from a goalkeeping standpoint, you're like, oh, that was actually not an easy save at all. And he doesn't spill a lot, which I think is a is the pretty big time thing about that too. Um, yeah, his positioning is uh, as good as it gets. He's not like there aren't other you know big goalkeepers or athletic goalkeepers, but he always seems to be in the right spot at the right time and. Uh, I think that's one of the most underrated parts of goalkeeping is a good positioning. People love to see, you know, the top corner save or the crazy acrobatic dive or whatever it is. But uh, if you have good positioning, a lot of times you can eliminate 
the need for all that stuff with just a solid step and go. So I think that's why Oblak is such a perfect keeper for Atletico Madrid because he just fits that Atletico like rigid, disciplined, like you know, not yeah. flashy or exciting, <laughs> you know, style. Um, so here, let's hear what happens. So here, Amiri, right to Voland, one timer, boom. I, that's a great save in my opinion. Look at the shape right there. Very simple. Ball comes in on that one-time touch. See, this is what I hate, okay? This yeah. is what I hate is that highlights, they just go like, well, that's an easy save. I mean, we don't even have to show a replay of that sort of thing. But like, it, as He makes it look – it's not an easy play. It's, he makes it look easy Yeah. because he's, he's so aware of his goal. Like, look at look – at and, and he knows exactly <laughs> – yeah, we're pointing at it. Yeah. You guys can't really see it. <laughs> yeah. But he knows exactly where the players who are running in are – and he knows as soon as that ball is hit, which player is going to be the one on the end of that. And so his step across the goal is pretty small. And he's almost going there a little early because he knows about he, he knows what's about to happen. And that takes such a high level of intelligence, like a, of game intelligence. And, and he's set and he's balanced. And those are the things that are going to ultimately help you make the save. If, if you are set earlier... And, and balance, then yeah. you're going to be able to make a play at least on just about any ball. Now, now Patrick was making up the point about you know pointing to it and you guys can't see it. Um, I just mentioned it in the Champions League day one, which, which you weren't here for, is that we are putting in the show notes the links to all the highlights, guys, for all the games that we're talking about because I want you all to go out there, and Patrick Bo as well, too, agrees with this, Is that, and I'm sure Justin does, too. If Justin didn't agree, we just tell him to leave. Um, <laughs> is, to, is to go online, watch the highlights as you're listening to the podcast because, honestly, that's going to be the best learning tool for you. you got to get that visual along with the, the audio of our amazing banter. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Um, all right, let's move on to this next play because this is this is a little crazy what happens right here. Essentially, what happens is uh, it's in the 40th minute. Oblak on an in-swinging corner from Kremlin Durambri. Oblak recognizes that the flight is bending to near post, and rather than coming forward at it, he has the understanding to drop negative inside his goal, similar to dropping negative to get ready to handle a cross on its descent, basically, and is able to come forward at it with a two-fisted box to keep from going in. In my opinion, this is a ridiculous understanding of the game. Uh, because it's not orthodox in any way whatsoever. It kind of goes against the grain. But from a logical standpoint, it makes the most sense. Um, unfortunately, it's followed by an own goal, but it's not really Oblak's fault. Um, let's watch this real quick so, so we can kind of, you know, give the, get the sense of it. So right here, here comes in the corner. Look at the drop step inside the goal. Boom. Inside the goal, into that box right there. So I think that's just really great awareness. And then, yeah, this is unfortunate right there. But, like, uh, if, if we go back and, and see the, the replay that they're going to do in slow motion right here as it's coming in, and uh, they will at some point. No, no, they have to show uh, people on the bench first <laughs> and then the celebrations <laughs> and stuff like that. All right, here we go. So, okay. So ball's coming in. As that ball's coming in, look at Oblak. Drop step into his goal recognizing that he's not going to be able to stay forward in front of his post in order to be able to get that ball without it making some sort of connection with him inside the goal. So he goes inside and clears it like that. I think that's that's world class in my opinion. See, for me, the biggest my biggest takeaway from this situation is I don't like the way that Athletic defended this corner kick. Okay. Uh, I think Leverkusen did a really good job scouting, realizing that they go straight man-to-man -man with no zonal markers. So what they do is they put everyone in the box, they whip in a great ball to the near post, and a lot of times you see teams defend with a with the, one of their bigger guys and like a first, even with the post, in a kind of a zonal area to deal with that ball because as a goalkeeper, that hard end swinging ball to the near post is extremely difficult to deal with. And like if you watch the Galaxy, they all, we always have Ibra standing there, and he clears that ball uh, almost every time, so it's like having a, that's having a tree there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, they have big defenders, so I think Leverkusen. And if you watch later, I don't know if we'll watch it later in the game, but they have two more corner kicks where they play the exact same ball, and they almost also lead to goals. And I think that uh, just for goalkeepers, for me personally, I per like to have a defender standing there because I do it, too. it makes a big difference and it makes my job a lot easier. He makes a great play, like you said, to drop inside his goal and clear it. But if he has a defender standing there, I think it makes the job even easier because he might not even have to come to the ball. Yeah. So I, that's that's my main takeaway from this situation. Yeah. Patrick, any thoughts? I think I think uh, Justin really nailed it. And in terms of uh, seeing it from a team perspective, I think if I break it down specifically, his movement is great, right? And 
and his ability to understand where that ball is about to go and to to get there is great. But I think I think you got to make a better box on this ball because I mean he's he's getting there with plenty of time. He he gets good contact, but he just hits it straight down. I mean that's the danger area, and that's and, why they were able to get that flick back. Yeah, yeah. I mean for me, he's either got to box that like back out of bounds, or he's got to box that. <laughs> 30 yards away from the, from the danger area. Oh, and right. is he fouled there? Eh, maybe, but he's got, he's got to put something else on this because you can't, you cannot box the ball back into your box. That's, that's like a, that's, that's like a goalkeeping. No, no one-on-one, you know? Yeah. And yeah. The, can I add one more thing? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. other thing is that if you have that zonal marker and the near and on the near post, he can drop in and just head that ball out for another corner kick away from danger, it's out again, you play it over, no problem. But now you have a goalkeeper running it back into his own goal trying to punch the ball, and he could have made, he should have made a better punch, but it's an extremely difficult play. Your body's carrying you into the goal, the ball's curving in. It's a really difficult play for the goalkeeper to make when you could just have a defender easily hit yeah. that out. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's asking more that needs to be yeah. asked about <laughs> from him, but it's, it's – I mean, you know, if I, I 100% agree. I think having that near post yeah. uh, player there makes a huge difference because it, it gives you a smaller window of space that is required for you to cover, which makes a big difference in my decision-making process. But, yeah, I, I, I always come back to, you know, the pure execution of that. I mean, maybe it's not a one-handed punch. Maybe it's a I have to stick my... <laughs> I have to stick my elbow on this forward's face and do a one-handed punch. You know, it's it's uh, it's about finding a way to execute a little bit cleaner in that moment as well. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think. Look, this is obviously the difference between you guys playing in you know, Major League Soccer and me. You know, playing. You know, USL two. Uh, I'm sorry, the PDL. It's called the PDL, guys. Let's <laughs> let's not. Let's not mince words. It's USL two now. It, that's what it's called. It's called USL two. They called the PDL uh, USL two because it's fancy now. Oh my God! We're not going to get uh, sponsored by the USL in anytime soon. It's oh, okay. that was—they don't have any money anyway. So. <laughs> Shots fired! All right, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Lucas Hrdetsky, uh at Leverkusen. Uh, speaking of clubs uh, that that do have money, sixty-first uh, minute free kick. Um, Thomas Lamar takes the free kick over the wall to the back corner. Uh, Radetzky uh, cheats to one side, simple drop, reads the dip the whole time again, and just kind of like Oblak, it's full containment to ball and body, so no spill. I want a lot of young goalkeepers out there to see the containment, because a lot of times I get this from a lot of kids. They go, I watch Champions League. And by the way, see, that's, that's the same voice I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah, I watch Champions League. I watch Premier League. Those They never catch the ball. They're never catching the ball. It's always parry. Like, balls come in too fast, yada, yada. You guys obviously playing at the professional level, you know how well containment uh, means for you guys, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody's shooting the ball as hard as they do in the Premier League, and those uh, are literally the these. best players. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and also, not only are they striking it with pace, but the the movement on the ball makes it almost impossible to catch. And if you watch where they 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 parry the ball, they're not just randomly hitting it; they're yeah. accurately placing the ball in places that make it difficult to score. They're not just Hitting it, slapping it away, you know? Yeah, for you U14 keepers out there who don't want to mouth off to me, uh, <laughs> there's a difference between uh, not catching the ball and spilling it and an actual steer of the ball. And right here is a steer into a containment. It's and a good stand word. <laughs> <laughs> steer. Steer. <laughs> you probably do it in a stand Fantastic. Voice. That's a That's a great steer. That's a great steer. Oh, at the University of Illinois, Chicago. That's Stan is the first person that I've ever heard use the term steer. And I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But I used the term body positive yesterday. And Saskia's like, I have to use that. That is amazing. <laughs> so from now on, she's going to use the term body positive. Like she's going to sound like the most woke wait, goalkeeper. <laughs> body positive is like, so body positive means like a body positive shape, like a shape forward as opposed to a negative shape forward. Ah, yeah, I so, like that. so that's what I said. Okay. So let's go back to, let's, let's go back to that free kick just real quickly as here. So see, obviously, you know, he's, he's on one side of his wall right there. And again, that's a, just a simple drop of the shoulder. Guys, sometimes you already have the angle covered. You don't need a step. All you need is a simple collapse. And if you do a little too much, you're actually going to make a mess of it type of thing, right? Yeah. I, what I like about this is he stays true, right? Like he, he, doesn't, he doesn't try to guess. He doesn't try to 
anticipate, which is exactly what we were talking about earlier, having an empty cup, knowing his role and where he sets up that wall is going to determine what his role is. And he sets up that wall for his near post and he covers the far post. You would not believe how many goalkeepers cheat in this situation and get beat on some of the easiest shots because they're guessing and because they're trying to, they're trying to influence the game instead of letting the game <laughs> fill your cup, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. Letting, letting you, letting the game, like, I, I don't know what I'm saying yeah, again. Di- so. Letting the game. But you, you guys all know what we're talking about. Your reaction, yeah. as opposed to trying to enforce your expectations on the game. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Um, speaking of p- forcing your expectations on the game, this is a great segue. Okay, <laughs> so in the 62nd minute, okay, obviously you made the save now. Distribution error leads to a shot on goal. I, I want to bring this up because I, I want to bring up the positives and the negatives sometimes with goalkeepers. Yes, he had a great game, but these are teachable moments, and the whole thing here is about education for you all here. I think it's important. Absolutely. I, I, even the goals, like I'm, I'm totally cool with breaking down the goals because it's that's, that's important stuff for anybody watching these plays. And this is what I used to do when I was younger too is you'd go through those goals – and you just try to figure out different ways in which you can solve that problem that that goalkeeper faced and kind of put them put yourself in that position in those in those situations and and come up with you know maybe a better way of dealing with it yeah. and it it might not necessarily like you might not necessarily ever get that opportunity to deal with that specific shot on you know on that stage but it's it's a good learning tool no that's absolutely correct that's why the next episode when justin's not here is just going to be a breakdown of every goal he got scored on uh, <laughs> <laughs> the past season uh oh, that'll be a short i mean dude, it, was just, short it, was, it was just too easy it was just <laughs> it'll be a short episode oh man yeah, that's that good. goals again there you go bringing it right back i love it <laughs> all right okay so let's go into the 62nd minute basically what happens is uh Hrudetsky plays a direct ball from a back pass into space quickly, but three Atletico players are hovering. I think it's like Charles Arungis, uh, whom he mistimes it. Atletico gains possession in prime position with Thomas Lamar playing a lifted ball to Angel Correa uh, inside the box, and he just can't get anything on it, luckily. Um, did his composure, by the way, save his team right here? But let's look at here's the, here's the back pass, right? It's a square ball, and it's played, and Oof. dude, look at that. There's... Like they're, they're look, look, that's just like sharks just hovering right in to contain that ball. There, that there was going to be no way to do anything with that ball right there, right? So mistimed and looking at where that position is here, boom, and he gets lucky right here because there's a mistime right there because that should have been a goal. Can you back that up again? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to back that right back up. Um, all right, so let's start. I want to, I want to see his thought process here. Okay, so this is right after this, boom, right here, and as it's coming in, okay, so here. So, ball's just a square ball played right back to him, and he tries to one-time that ball. That's a dangerous ball, in my opinion. That The risk versus the reward, in my opinion, to play that ball is not worth it. I mean... I think it's a good pass. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a, play, a good idea. A player of his, a player of his quality <laughs> and... A play like when you're playing at this level, that's a that's a pass you ha- you're expected to make, and okay. they expect you to play that because if you go long, then you then you uh, lose possession, and there's an open player, and if he connects this, the guy hits the switch ball, and they're transitioning. I mean, if you watch like the top teams, you'll see some crazy passes out of the back, and then next thing you know, it leads to goal scoring opportunities. So, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with his decision making. I think it was the right right play to make. He okay. just you know simply didn't execute it, and that happens. And okay. I did know, he, go to the next one. Was he at fault for this execution, or was it the fact that this guy mistimes the ball, that Arungis doesn't, doesn't get the ball? I mean, I kind of would put that on the field player. Yeah, okay. me too. He should have gotten yeah, that ball. Yeah, I think he, he, he could have done a lot better with that. Okay. I, maybe he didn't think he was under as much um, – maybe he thought the ball was going to a guy behind him. Okay. Um, and these guys are super, super aware of what's going on behind them. And there was another man there, so maybe he thought just based on the pace of the ball, it was just going, it was going to that, <laughs> the player that was further up the field. But I, I mean, honestly, I think that's just a miscommunication and a miss, a misstep on the field players' part more so than the goalkeeper because yeah. that's, that's actually a smart ball. If everybody looks at the goalkeeper in this situation, which is super frustrating because you're like, oh. He, that's a bad decision. That's a bad decision. And coaches do this all the time too, which is wild. But I guarantee you their coach is telling him to play that ball. 
And I don't think that's poor execution at all. I think that's just one of those situations where immediately you're, you, you want to look at the goalkeeper because, because it, it came off his foot last. Okay. But that's, for me, the, there's no wrongdoing on, on oh. his behalf there. Okay. All right. So now what happens in the game, for, for those of you guys who are familiar, basically is that uh, Leverkusen gets a red card. And now they're down a man. And now this is when Atletico starts their, their onslaught, as, as we kind of know. And I want to go into extra time because we've talked about this on the podcast before, is that, you know, you have to – it's not just 90 minutes. you got to be focused that, not, that until the whistle blows, you got to be completely hypersensitively focused on the game because you never know when you're going to have to come up with a big play. So in the 90th minute plus three, essentially what happens is there's a bad clearance by Leverkusen. The ball drops for Saul outside the box. He side volleys off the bounce, and it takes a deflection on the way. Rudetsky has to reset himself and react, okay? Um, this is always a very difficult thing for do. We were talking about skip balls in an episode that we just recorded recently. Um, why is this a good save? Because I think it looks like he's trying to do a simple scoop first. Then he's got to adjust his feet, still keep his shape behind the ball. Um, so let's go to it real quick here, here. So here it comes. Ball's played out. Boom. Saul tries to take this shot. Miscleared. Boom. Touch right there. Ha, ah, that's brilliant. Yeah. That, that I think, is good awareness right there, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he <laughs> – yeah, I love this. So he's he looked a simple smother, but the ball takes a deflection, and then he's got to change shape like that, right? It, what's not what, – the only th – <laughs> the reaction itself isn't the only thing that's brilliant about this is he keeps that rebound close enough to him that he maintains possession for his team and doesn't give it away or doesn't give away a corner, doesn't give away anything at all. I mean, it's it's a close enough containment. Uh, that's your word. Yeah. <laughs> close Staring containment. containment, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, of this ball to to make another play on it and to ultimately give your chance and give your team another chance to build out and to to get a scoring opportunity yeah um obviously justin you deal with a lot of deflections you know you know playing at the higher levels and stuff like that like do you what about this you know signifies to you that this is this is how a pro handles a situation like this uh I, yeah like pat said it's a lot uh, more difficult than it looks being able to change direction like that so quickly and also with the with what actually you might think because the ball kind of slows down a little bit off the deflection that that might make it easier for him to say, but it actually makes it a little bit more challenging because now he can't. It's tough ball to catch, but at this and then also you have to react to the pace of the ball. So if you're coming back fast, you have to slow your body down to then react. But then also when the ball's hit with less pace, it's hard to push it push it wide. So he realizes, oh, I'm gonna have to catch this ball, and he has pressure closing in on him. So. I mean, it looks kind of, from, from this angle, it doesn't look like it's that difficult of a play, but it actually is uh, very impressive. And the fact that he's able to hold the ball to top it off is, is really good. Yeah, because I think a lot of goalkeepers would panic in that situation. Yeah. They would just push that ball. Yeah, exactly. Just push that ball. And now there's a second ball situation going yeah, on. Right yeah, I there. think Justin made an awesome point there is uh, you have to recalibrate like completely when that, when that ball slows down. Like everything that you were doing – you have to recalibrate your brain to it and your uh, your hand-eye coordination to deal with this situation, which is not it's, – it's actually a lot harder than it looks. And that's why you see a lot of these teams and a lot of these really high-level goalkeepers spending so much emphasis on their hand-eye coordination and working with, like, say, smaller balls or um, – I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, but, like, the flashing glasses, like – all these things give you... No, those sound amazing, though. Yeah, I they're need awesome. The, I need those flashing yeah. glasses. Do you know these flashing glasses? Uh, I used them one a couple of times, yeah. Okay. So it, it just helps your, helps your brain recalibrate quicker and, and pick up the, the changes in pace or the changes in trajectory, whatever it is. It helps you uh, fill in those gaps quicker. It was just making me think of like at the optometrist's office when you like stick your neck into <laughs> that thing and like they... They do the thing, and you have to go like that. That's what I was thinking. Of I have right a there. pair. I'll show you. Okay. I got to check that out. All right. So uh, let's move on into the 90th minute plus five. Essentially, this is literally at the death, and this is what I'm talking about, staying focused until the until the whistle. Basically, what happens is they come up with a secure, vital three points because of this save. Thomas Lavoie tries to play a ball direct, but it deflects off a Leverkusen player, drops to Alvaro Morata at point blank. Radecki Radetsky keeps his shape and he makes a kick save to end the match essentially. Um, 
He keeps his shape. He stays big. He just lets the kind of the ball hit him, and he uses momentum to force the body weight in the same direction. So this is literally at the very end of the game right here as we do this right here. Boom. Oh, no, that's the goal. That was the goal that they got. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a tough one. That is that's a tough one. I mean, dude. I mean, he was there. Was, he was really nothing good to do. And especially just after conceding that goal, the fact that he had to come up big with this play because if they had drawn, oh, because of that, that would have been, that would have been rough here. Okay. So here it comes right here. Um, I think, I mean, not specifically talking about this, but this this is save. impressive because. So oftentimes, and we talk about it all the time, uh, goalkeepers having a really short memory, especially in games. Like, you can, you can relive these moments as much as you want after the game. I'm not saying that's healthy or not, but, uh, but he has such a short memory here that he's able to make the next play and to ultimately help his team win because he's not, he's not focused on the goal that's just gone in. He's focused on what needs to happen next and what needs to happen next is he needs to help his team make this play, maintain that lead, and ultimately win the game. Yeah. Justin, what do you think of the shape right here? Uh, I think it's it. really good. And uh, what I see a lot of times with young goalkeepers is they go, oh, you know, that shot was in the top corner and I couldn't save it. Or that shot was out of my reach. You know, there's nothing I can do. And then they kind of just write it off. Well, a lot of the times, even on balls that you can't save, if you watch it and your body position isn't great, maybe the ball was it's two feet closer next time, you're still not going to save it if you don't correct that body position. And here is one of those situations where if he hits that ball in the corner or places it a little bit better, he has no chance to save it. But if you, what you see with his body shape is that he puts himself in the best possible position to succeed, and he ends up not hitting the best shot, and he's able to make the save. And I think that's something that goes kind of un, un, like noticed with with younger goalkeepers is we kind of just think, oh, the ball's top corner, there's nothing I can do. And I would add... You really watch the really watch the goal over again and be like, oh, if that ball was three feet closer, could I have saved it? Because this is a great example of that. This is one of those times. It's the last play of the game. The ball isn't in the corner, and he's able to make the save because his body shape is really is really good. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a I think a really really good point that that you're bringing up right there. If yeah, if you just get big and you keep your a solid shape, you know, if they miss hit that ball, you yep. make the save. If, uh, if, they're, if they place it, there's nothing you're going to do about yeah. it anyway. Yeah, I, I would also add to that, uh, because I think that's a great point. Um, I would add to that, you never really know what you can get to unless you try. Yep. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many balls that have been hit on me that I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, no chance that I'm getting this. And I save it because I just, because I tried to save it. And... I don't know, Justin, maybe, and Michael, maybe you guys can concur on this, but sometimes you're, you don't know what you're capable of saving unless you give it a full effort. No, I mean, I think you're, I think you're absolutely correct about that because the thing is, is that, uh, I mean, I've personally, like, I, I, I know that I've sometimes been like, I can't get that. And then a coach will be like, you know what? Just next time, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. And every every once in a while, I'll surprise myself. And I'm like, I had no idea that I had that kind of range. I had no idea unless I gave it gave that opportunity. I call it blacking out. <laughs> <laughs> like people are like, how did you make that save? I'm like, I don't know. I blacked out. <laughs> and that's kind of what the most hyper focused moments are. Like you you have a hard time recalling that because you're so hyper focused. But that's I mean that's a whole nother episode. And I think in that situation. It speaks to that positive mindset we were talking about earlier because over well I think well over 50% of the time he's scoring that chance at the, with a player of that caliber but if you have that positive mindset like oh I'm just going to save this ball maybe those two or three times out of 10 I'm going to get it you give yourself a chance to make the save whereas if you if you don't have that mindset and you're just like oh they're going to score every time I can't save this ball then you don't make that save when the guy happens to not hit the the correct shot which he did that time and he gets the the three points so that that positive mindset can be uh, all the difference in situations like that and like you said it was just after he conceded a goal so really really impressive, impressive that's the most stuff yeah i think that's honestly we don't need to spend too much time talking about this but that's yeah. the most impressive thing for me is that comes right after a goal and if you look at the statistics of when goals happen most frequently 
it's usually right after other goals. So statistically speaking, that's against him. And, and he, still, he still stays focused, still does the right things, puts himself in the right spot, makes the save. His team wins. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's that's a really good that's a really good point. Point. So I, I want to move on. Do we have time to move on to this uh, this Bayern Olympic Yakos game? Uh, do we have time to move on to this game? Okay, so we'll move on to this game uh, real quickly, guys. Uh, basically, what happened here is, uh, I mean, Bayern finally got a win, which is good for them because uh, obviously after relieving uh, Thomas Kovac based on that. Uh, Result against Eintracht Frankfurt this weekend for Bundesliga. Uh, do you still follow the Bundesliga? Because I know you oh, spent yeah. some time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I figured so. I mean, that was that's crazy what happened to, to them over there. But uh, basically, uh, Jose Saw, uh, who's the goalkeeper for Olympiacos, he got uh, shelled, shelled by Byron, uh, who really, yeah, you know, ended up getting the result. But he got nine saves on him uh, to kind of keep them in the match. Um, if you're not familiar with Jose Saw, uh, I was not familiar with Jose Saw. Uh, he's a, a, a Portuguese. Uh, he plays in the Greek Super League. Uh, they have actually a really solid defense there. In fact, they've only given up three goals in the Greek Super League. I don't know anything about the level of the Greek Super League, but uh, I'm sure it's still not easy to only give that up. Um, I want to go into the uh, into the 33rd. Basically, what happens here is uh, Kingsley Coleman. Um, he's doing Kingsley Coleman things. Uh, he's yeah, he, that guy's unreal. Um, he literally dribbles down the channel and then cuts in and slices and dices like 90 Olympiacos players to eventually get near the six and rocket a shot that uh, Zah parries out of danger with two strong wrists. I think the most important thing here is Saw's composure, holding his near post rather than panicking. Uh, I think it's a great set, great shape, good reflexes just to push this ball away. I think it's very, very difficult. So let's, let's uh. watch this real quick here as that ball comes in. That's not the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking about that play, I had a coach who always used to say, you have to be on defense. You have to be the person who stops the dominoes. And so often in soccer, we see these this kind of domino effect. One guy gets beat. Another guy gets beat. Another guy gets beat. And these dominoes just continue to, to fall. And what I, what I love about this play is he becomes the person who stops the dominoes from falling. He stops the goal from going in. He says, no, that's, that's not, this is, where, this is where it stops today. Not today, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's, a, that's the thing. By the way, thank you, Justin, for letting me know that I had the highlights on <laughs> for the, the game from a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why I was like, I don't see the Kingsley Coleman dribbling thing going on right here. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's go to that right there. Uh, all there right, no, is. this is here. This is where it is, okay. So basically, here's the ball. No, this is the, not the one right here. It's right here. Oh, Good there position. we go. Okay, look at this. Okay, so look at Kingsley Coleman here. So, dude, three dudes. See ya. Later. Skirt. Oh, breaking ankles. And then that I think that's a great save that's right there. That's huge. Huge save. Because look at his shape, how he redirects that ball right there. Now we're gonna see it right here in slow motion. Essentially, shape and then just It's ooh, a toe bash a, too. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to stop it's right a, there. It's a hard toe bash too. Yeah. That's so you see this go in all the time because I mean <laughs> the quickness in which he reacts to this ball is yeah. Pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, because players like that who have really small, quick steps, when they're able to hit, like you see with Messi, a lot of times he hits these like hard, low shots, and they're not, they're not necessarily like super far away from the goalkeeper, but he's just left flat-footed, and the ball just goes in, and you're like, why didn't he die for it? And it's because he's so quick and takes such small steps, and you kind of see that here. And the toe poke makes it even more difficult because he's not winding up to hit the shot like a normal strike and now he has to react to just like a quick step and that makes the save and, all that more impressive and you look at where he places this ball it's brilliant you can tell he's like one of the best players in the world because he puts this ball right next to the keeper's face and this in this situation you're lower your 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 bodies you're closing off that space you're assuming he's probably going to hit this low and so a lot of great strikers what they'll do is they'll put it right over your shoulder because it's really hard to react to that one, and since we have video now, yeah, you can actually. I see like the me fact that we this. have video now. That makes and it makes it a lot easier. And so his ability to actually to to react to not only a difficult positioning for a shot, but he blasts this toe bash. And if we could, how play does it he again, not break his foot there? That's what I want to know. I mean, and oh, he just great. goes at it with a with a volleyball save, which I love. That was and, unreal because that that gives it enough to to get it out of danger as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's a really a really solid save. Um, 
All right, let's move on to uh, to this this next one here. Uh, again, basically what happens in the 50th minute, it's unreal. Uh, Joshua Kimmich plays an outswinging dangerous ball from outside the box. Lewandowski at the near post, he redirects the ball with his head to Leon Goretzka that gets a head on point blank. Um, smartly, I think, is that a word? Smartly? Um, stays, uh, stays big on his feet and just blocks with two arms, making a barrier in front of the post. Uh, let's kind of go into this real quick here uh, so everyone can kind of get the idea as we go in. The 50th minute here. Uh, 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 uh. Stop it. Ah, okay, so here it comes. So here it comes. Okay, so here's dangerous and swinging ball, basically. Uh, check this out. Lewandowski with the flick. And boom. And that looks like it's not an easy save, but look, when you look at it in slow motion, look at his shape right here. So that ball comes in. He sees that the flick, and look at that, that push right there, but he just keeps himself big and kind of throws his arms up right there to just make a barrier so that that ball can't go anywhere. What, what do you guys think right there? Yeah, that's just one where you just try to get across and hope that he hits the ball at you because you yeah. don't have time to get set. You don't really have time to get over there or close the angle or do anything. So you're just kind of hoping he hits it at him, and he got his hands up and uh, kept it out. So that's, that's one where you – Got to be a little bit lucky, but he, credit to him. He had uh, good reactions. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does the first part, which is all that he needed to do in this in this situation is to to make that initial save. And was it pretty? No. <laughs> Who cares? It's not in the net. Um, all right. So uh, we're running we're running long here on time. So we're just going to go to this last save right here. And, guys, again, go on. Check out the show notes. Listen, re-listen to the episode with watching the highlights. It's going to be the best thing for you. In the 60th minute, uh, again, Kingsley Coleman. This guy's unreal. I mean, would you say he's one of the better, better players? He's, he's got to be in, in that conversation of, of one of the better young players in the world right now. Um, yeah, I actually got the privilege to watch him play uh, this summer when uh, Byron came and played Arsenal down at uh, our stadium, and uh, he subbed in the second half, and he was just unbelievable to see him live. Uh, his pace and uh, decision making is. Nasty. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I would I would never want to <laughs> be stuck 1v1 with him out on the wing because it, it looks like an impossible task to, to stop him. It's crazy. So basically what happens here is Lewandowski receives a ball at the top of the box. It's a slip ball to Kingsley Coleman. Uh, he literally does like the Neymar 7s level freestyle dribbling, and then he like breaks like a bunch of dudes' ankles and then fakes and gets separation outside, and he hits a shot low towards the back post, but Jose Saw stays big, reacts quickly, and turns full body to play it out of danger. Um this is uh this is the save right here in the 60th minute, as I pull it up, and uh, as we break it down, dun dun dun. Okay, here it comes. So check this out. Look at the disappointment Olympiacos faces. Okay, so here it comes. So Lewandowski, all ball, ball to Komen. Yeah, completely all ball. Right. Da 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 da. And then just boom, that shape right there. So. That, I mean, look, he, he does little dribbling things just to get that separation. Look, ah, fakes him, and now he's got open space. But he, he doesn't start cheating and going towards him. He stays and holds his near post, basically, holding that position, basically, and allowing, if Komen does come in for the shot, that basically he's just going to push that ball away. And if we watch it again... I think, I think this is another circumstance of a goalkeeper really doing his homework uh, because you see a lot of the chances coming from Kingsley are... I mean, he's hammering these balls. So I think understanding that you're maybe not going to be able to <laughs> to finesse any of this. It's just going to be like straight up hard blocks, and, and that's what he does here. I mean, I think I think there was probably a fair amount of scouting that went into this performance. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, it was really really good positioning, and uh, when you have great reactions like that, if you put yourself in a good position to make the save then you're gonna you're gonna come up big a lot of times and here uh great positioning and uh gave himself a really good chance to make a play on the ball and he did yeah and I think for a lot of young goalkeepers out there listening right now he plays at Olympiacos like a lot of times a lot of you know kids come up to me and they go like oh if they're not playing at the top you know European leagues they must be weak and stuff like that and Justin you know because you spent time in Europe and Patrick you spent some time in Europe as well too there's a lot of great goalkeepers out there around the world yeah no doubt and uh anybody who doesn't think that playing Olympiacos is a really big deal is, doesn't know much about soccer because that's <laughs> yeah. a huge club and it's a really really good team so this is the highest level and 
getting there is, is extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would be curious to see <laughs> what percentage of goalkeepers make it to a club that, that significant. Yeah. It's, it's probably very, very small. It's probably yeah. a lot of zeros before <laughs> that one. Point zero 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 one. Um, speaking about point zero 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 one, that's about as much time as we have left in this episode right here, guys. Uh, thanks again for joining us on Champions League uh, Day 2 uh, wrap-up. Uh, again, contact at insidethe18media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion that you'd like to see us cover. Um, uh, you can always reach uh, Patrick McLean, uh, obviously at contact at insidethe18media.com, and also his personal social media handle, which is... At Patrick McLean, 24. Cool. And if you want to berate uh, Justin about his performance on Inside the 18, where do you uh, reach out now? Uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram at uh, jvomsteg. At jvomsteg. All right, guys, that's uh, all the time on Inside. We're out. Later. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah! Yeah!